Welcome to Behind the Music, brought to you by the Wichita Falls Symphony Orchestra. Join us as we go behind the scenes with our talented musicians and guests to speak candidly about their musical journey and reveal interesting snippets about upcoming concerts. And now, here's your host, the Wichita Falls Symphony Orchestra music director and conductor, Fuad Fakuri. Welcome to this episode of Behind the Music. I'm your host, Fuad Fakuri. We are here today to talk about the opening concert of our 75th anniversary season on Saturday, October 8th at Memorial Auditorium. Joining us today is featured soloist, internationally recognized concert pianist, John Nakamatsu. John's playing is known for combining elegance, clarity, and electrifying power. In 1997, he was named gold medalist of the 10th Van Cliburn International Competition, the only American to have achieved that distinction since 1981. Welcome, John. Thank you. It's good to be here. Great to have you here. Um, so we'll just get right into it. Would you please tell us a little bit about your background uh, beyond what I just mentioned and how did you get involved in music and when did you start taking piano lessons? Well, I remember seeing my first piano at age four when my parents took me to a preschool. And uh, I, I don't come from a musical family, so it was strange to them that a child at four would come home and say, you, you know, I want you to buy me a piano. <laughs> and uh, I just decided that was what I wanted to do. I was kind of fascinated by, you know, just the, the magic of pressing these levers and uh, eliciting an incredible sound that I had never really heard before. Um, and, you know, from there, my parents first bought me electric organ for Christmas. Uh, when I was four, they weren't going to exactly buy a piano since they thought I might just give it up a month later. But um, I, I, for two years, I played around with that and, you know, was spending hours and hours with this toy, essentially. And uh, at six, they finally said, OK, we'll buy a piano. You have to start taking lessons. But, um, you know, as long as you're doing well in school and everything is going OK, then that, that, that's fine with them. And, and it, it clicked right from the start. I was also fortunate enough to have a, a teacher when I was six years old who not only was incredible with kids and, and knew how to teach me my first scale, but also was the one force who kind of actually went to the Van Cliburn competition with me 20 years later. So for us, it was a, quite an incredible journey to go through together. Wow, that's great. And this was, where did this take place? Where did you grow up? I am from the Bay Area. I'm from California. I grew up in San Jose, which is actually the city I still live in. Um, my parents are here. My wife is from here. Uh, and um, yeah, so she was pretty much a neighborhood piano teacher at the time and uh, somehow really knew how to do all this stuff, which, you know, surprised us all, I guess. Well, that's great. That's really, really wonderful. I mean, those those teachers, especially in the beginning, as you start your um, career or, I mean, as you start learning the instruments are critical because they, I mean, they set you on the right path uh, as, you grow, right. as you grow up, right? So then tell us a little bit, what, what was it like to go through the process of the Van Cliburn International Competition and how, what did it feel like to actually, you know, get through that, pro that entire process and then win the gold medal? <laughs> well, it felt really good, I have to say, <laughs> because, you know, I had gone through years of trying to compete and doing, you know, auditions and anything that, you, that I could to basically get a foot in the, the business world of music. And, um, 
you know, did so with varying degrees of success. I mean, I had some wins along the way, but the majority of time I was going to competitions and basically losing. And so um, I didn't really know what to expect, except that four years before I had applied to the Van Cliburn and, and wasn't even allowed in the screening round. So, you know, I, I had already decided that, you know, whatever happened is beyond my control. And all I could do was really try. And I also knew that at the time, as one kind of goes through these events year after year, there is an age limit. You know, the Clyburn, as do many international competitions, tops out at about 30 years old. So, you know, for me at age 27, when I entered in 97, it was really one of my, if not my last chance at something this big and, and important. So I, you know, I, I, I definitely didn't have rose colored glasses going into this. And I knew that whatever happened, it was either going to lead to something else or um, maybe start looking toward an end. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting what you, what you said about just really, I mean, four years before not really getting in. I mean, it's, it's a really strange, strange uh, endeavor that we do, you know, especially the judging of it, right? Um, I completely it's, agree. Uh, it's so unnatural in many ways because, I mean, yeah. it's artistry and you cannot judge. I, I don't believe you can judge artistry, but I'm glad you won. And, you know, that well, sort of exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad, too. We, we, it, it's nice to know you threw that in, the, in, in some ways, you know. <laughs> right. So for this performance with the WFSO, you will be playing the Beethoven Piano Concerto Number no. 1 in C major. Yeah. Um, I mean... For you, what is unique about this specific concerto? Well, gosh, I love all the Beethoven concerti, but you know, this it there's so much to say about this as a genre. You know, Beethoven was one who really pushed the piano concerto to the forefront um, in terms of this uh, more or less theatrical event where you know the the, the orchestra and the soloists not only accompany each other, but really kind of integrate so that you're really playing a full orchestral work, you know, often with Mozart concertos or Haydn concertos, they're kind of, they're almost separate entities, you know, where the, the soloist will play and the orchestra will accompany, or the uh, orchestra has a lot going on and the soloist really isn't doing much. But in the Beethoven concerto, starting from this one, there's, there's, incredible integration of the material and and we often forget how shocking i think some of this sounded to people who were used to kind of a fluidity and you know things that weren't as challenging to the ear as maybe the dynamic shifting or the the shifting of sudden harmonies or you know the juxtaposition of, of themes versus melody or or thematic idea and and it it I, I find it fascinating that it just sounds so natural to us, but that in Beethoven's time, it really offended a lot of people and uh, shows us why many other composers that we don't even remember today were much more popular than he was. And, um, and yet we have this concerto that opens with the absolute most simple um, motive ever, you know, three chords, right. <laughs> three C major chords and um, scales. Uh, so I think it's deceptively simple, and uh, I think you know Beethoven often played around with his audiences that way. That's right, and I think you know what uh, it is. It, it's exactly that. It's deceptive, deceptively simple, and and you know it's it's so similar in many ways to his first symphony. It's just so 
easy yeah. in terms of just simplicity when you look at it, at, at, you know, at first glance. But it really is deceptive. It's it's quite complicated. And in fact, in my as I was, you know, as I'm studying it, and I I played this when I was a student. You know, when you look at the the concerto, it's almost more difficult to sort of make this work really well, other rather than as opposed to the you know the fifth, for instance, the emperor, because this is just simple, and you have to like really bring it out and make make it work. I mean, the fifth everyone knows, right? And there's so much drama and and so much uh, energy. This one is is almost like moving from Haydn and Mozart into what Beethoven eventually becomes. Yes, yes. And, yeah. and I, th I think also, you know, to, to pick on exactly what you just said is, you know, that's kind of what I think people found strange is that you don't have these soaring melodies like you do in Mozart, you know, where where there's kind of this one phrase that, that follows, I didn't say logically, but just kind of flows from the, the previous. In Beethoven, you just have a lot of short little themes or short bursts of material that that he then weaves in and out in in really an extraordinary way but it doesn't develop in the same way melodically that a mozart melody would and i think that's another thing that doesn't sound so strange to us today but it really did to people back then i think that's right yeah so something related to that uh when you get ready to rehearse a work with an orchestra for the first time, certainly, for instance, the the, the Beethoven Piano Concerto Number no. One with the Wichita Falls Symphony Orchestra. Those few moments right before you enter the stage and begin rehearsing with that particular new orchestra, uh, what is going through your mind? And then, how do you t take that and make sure that you connect that at the end of that entire process? You connect that entire endeavor, the the rehearsals, to the audiences that are, that will come and attend the concert. I think what's really exciting is is to see the kind of development that goes on in a very short period of time between the first read through and the actual, um, you know, the dress rehearsal or, or the first performance or, you know, what, whatever, whatever stage that is. Um, and it's often it's really interesting for audience people or or people who are not a part of the music making to actually listen to that because you can really hear people thinking and not only just feeling and playing and kind of emoting but you we, we really have to figure each other out in a very short period of time and it's um it's an, an exciting process because you know i bring to it what i you know i'm practicing what i what my concept of of, of sound of pacing of of dynamic of dialogue but then when it actually happens every orchestra does it so differently just as every pianist would and so then it becomes a kind of you know conversation and and we we figure out ways of of communicating in, in often very quickly and we don't have time to rehearse everything and and so you know that's that's where i think things change and things evolve and and i love that i i love that the orchestra will will almost kind of just tell me to go in a different direction and, and it and it just somehow happens and, and that's really really interesting uh, because I, otherwise you know it feels like the same piece over and over that's right and i think you know what you just said is exactly why we we do what we do right it's because of mm -hmm. that one mo that in living in that moment and every moment is different than 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 the other moment so um 
that's you know that's why we do what we do. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, John. It was truly a pleasure to speak with you, and we are really, really, really looking forward to an exciting concert uh, coming up. I am up. too. Gosh, thank you so much. Thank you. Join us at Memorial Auditorium on October 8th at 7.30 p.m. for an exceptional season opener featuring John Nakamatsu performing Beethoven's first piano concerto as well as Rouse's Infernal Machine. At the concert, we will also be performing Gustav Holt's The Planets featuring an HD multimedia presentation which was actually produced for and premiered by the Houston Symphony Orchestra. This will be an exciting start to our 75th anniversary season that you really do not want to miss. Tickets are available now by calling the WFSO office. Also make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you can get new episodes as soon as they are released. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Music, hosted by Fouad Fakuri of the Wichita Falls Symphony Orchestra. To check out more information about upcoming concerts and to purchase concert tickets, visit our website at www.wfso.org. That's wfso.org. If you have enjoyed the show, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time.